Thank you so much for meeting with me, Mayor Murillo, and I'm excited to hear about your first term along with your plans for reelection. Let's start off by discussing what your proudest accomplishment has been for this term. The most recent uh, decision and policymaking that I'm proud of is the Just Cause Eviction Ordinance. So 60% of the people who live in the city of Santa Barbara are renters. And the Just Cause Eviction uh, protects them, obviously, from eviction. And one of the major points that we were discussing was relocation assistance when someone is evicted through no fault of their own. So for instance, the, the uh, property owner wants to do something else with the property. The person has been paying their rent, you know, nothing has gone wrong, but they are asking them to leave. And we were able to say that that tenant would get three months rent of relocation assistance to help them move on. So that I would, I would name uh, right off the bat as a huge accomplishment. Um, uh, more immediate and like a blanket over everything is recovering from the pandemic. And the city did a good job of being ready for, we're always ready for emergencies. Usually the nature of it is wildfires or earthquake or flooding. Um, and we were of course following the, the direction of county public health on COVID-19 protocols, but we were able to respond uh, in terms of closing State Street to car traffic so that our restaurants and retail businesses and other businesses could spill out onto the street and to, you know, to accommodate a safe uh, uh, social distancing. So that was one thing uh, that we accomplished. We, I also formed a business advisory task force and uh, we were meeting every two weeks and now we're meeting monthly as the pandemic conditions change. And that's bringing to together the business community so we can talk about reopening and how to help the economy recover as we come out of pandemic. Yeah, and you mentioned that 60% of residents are renters in Santa Barbara County, and that transitions into last night's City Hall meeting on March 30th, where you said that you discussed the houselessness issue. Can you recap any new initiatives or ideas that were spurred there? So on March 30th, we were discussing housing policy uh, as it relates to areas of the city where we encourage the building of apartment houses and multi-family housing. So we really don't want to build those up in the foothills where, you know, a bus line doesn't go up there. So we try to do the denser housing in the downtown area, along the transportation corridors, close to jobs so people can walk, you know, to their job or to school. Uh, kind of thing. So the policy last night was somewhat focused on the downtown because we want to bring more housing to the downtown area. Um, and we were able to come to an agreement about um, an, the, the concept of um, that it's okay to build denser housing um, that maybe has two or three floors and, and that way we can fit more units into the building space, right? So it's an efficient use of space uh, 
if you make smaller units and if you add one or two floors. So people are very sensitive about overdevelopment. They're sensitive about buildings that are too tall. So that's the balance that we're always trying to strike. But we uh, have a housing crisis, really. Uh, one of the most um, traumatic things that happens to someone in Santa Barbara is that they lose their uh, housing. And so that's always been a focus of mine, um, how to build um, beautiful looking buildings, how to encourage developers to uh, build affordable housing better than market rate and um, give people some relief in this really challenging housing market. Yeah, and on the topic of relief, what plans did you enact to help families who have lost their jobs or homes due to the economic downturn due to the coronavirus pandemic? And thinking back to the beginning, do you think you reacted enough, could have done more, or thought your approach was appropriate? We were very lucky to get um, relief money from the state and federal governments. We added, the city added to that um, re, a rental assistance uh, for people who couldn't pay their rents. We also put in place a moratorium on evictions and that came down from the state of California as well. I'll say a good word for Governor Newsom uh, that that was a policy that came from the state that people who could not pay their rent on their apartment because of pandemic conditions they, they cannot be evicted. No one should be evicted during the health crisis of you know, a, a pandemic of a virus of this uh, kind. Uh, so we did respond. Um, we are uh, helping businesses too. Like I said, we have a program to help small businesses uh, get resources. So low interest loans, is one thing, but there's also grant money. So they don't have to pay that money back. So it's just direct assistance uh, to businesses and to renters. I can tell you one of the most difficult things about the pandemic for the city of Santa Barbara was what to do with our beaches. So uh, when, the, when the pandemic um, rolled out, we didn't know that being outdoors and being in the sun and being in the wind really diminished transmission of the virus. The virus is right, super contagious. And, and it's not like if you're out at the beach among a bunch of people, you're not going to get it at all. But, it, but there really is a, a diminished uh, chance of getting it if you're out outdoors and, and keeping your social distance, of course. So during the summer, before we really knew that, there was a lot of fear about our beaches, how many people were out there, were they too close together, were we attracting people from Southern California, were they bringing the virus into Santa Barbara? And so we had a, a real challenging time. People wanted us to close the beaches, but people also wanted us to keep the beaches open. So, you know, really my, my email box was full of a about 50% close the beaches, 50% keep them open because that's what, how we've been surviving through the pandemic. This is what people were telling me. They love uh, being outdoors. The beach you know, gave them comfort. Uh, they were able to go swimming, walking on the beach. Um, and um, 
so 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 we ended up really only closing the beaches for two weekends in the summer when there was maximum uh, people there. So it was uh, the 4th of July weekend and the Labor Day weekend. And we were responsible. Uh, we had lifeguards out there, firefighters, um, park, park rangers. And they were all telling people, hey, you're a little too close together, wear your mask. And, and so we managed a very difficult question. And, and I guess I wanna say that closing beaches is, is a big no-no for me. Um, coastal access is, is, a, is a right and, and no one should be prevented from, uh, it's, it's a public beach. We love people being there and enjoying that natural resource. And so I, that would be one thing that I would um, name as a really difficult challenge through the pandemic. Yeah, and being a college student myself, I know that young adults are eager to get outside, to be at the beach specifically in lovely Santa Barbara. What's it like having so many UC Santa Barbara students as your constituents in this hard time? Well, I myself uh, went to UCSB. I studied dramatic art there, uh, graduated in 1988. So some of your listeners are college students. I know I seem like an old person. Uh, other people listen to you, I know, are, are my age. Um, but, um, you know, I really appreciate the diversity of people who live in our city. We do have students who, who rent here and, you know, we look out for them with all of our tenants protections and our tenants rights um, policies. And uh, I think you all should enjoy yourselves uh, when you're, you're your age, enjoy our beaches, enjoy the parks. Um, but you know, getting everyone to wear their mask and social distance during the, the really a bad part of the pandemic. We're coming out of it now, right? Where more people are getting vaccinated. Um, but it was, it was a challenge uh, to, to remind everyone to be safe, that it was a super contagious uh, virus. Um, but no, we love the university as a, a cultural center. I love the lectures over there, uh, the, the concerts and the dances. We're just so looking forward to uh, being able to go to UCSB events. And uh, we cherish our, our college students uh, who, who happen to live downtown and there's quite a few. Uh, and um, yeah, again, we're always looking out for, uh, at least I am, uh, housing and job opportunities because I'm a UCSB student who stayed in Santa Barbara uh, to make this my home. So I appreciate with, when other people want to do that too. Yeah, well, that's great to hear that you yourself um, are a student just among many of the KCSB listeners. Um, let's transition into some more of what has been occurring the past year regarding social justice and activist efforts. Which efforts did you work on or participate in and how directly are you supporting marginalized communities in Santa Barbara County? As the first Latina ever elected to the Santa Barbara City Council and the first Latina mayor, uh, obviously, uh, social and racial justice are something that I've always uh, fought for. Um, with the internships I have at, at City Hall, I fought the gang injunction, which I feel unfairly targeted our Latino youth. Um, I've always participated in uh, cultural and social events celebrating the Asian uh, culture, our African-American culture. 
um, but really in the last year, we had that incredible, wonderful and painful racial reckoning uh, related to the killing of George Floyd. And so uh, the African-American community uh, carrying the banner of Black Lives Matter, um, they coalesced into a group now called Healing Justice. And those folks came to the Santa Barbara City Council with a set of demands, which we embraced and which we are uh, working on now. The primary demand, and I thank uh, Healing Justice for bringing this and encouraging the community to, to, to look at our police department and its operations. The main demand was to create a civilian oversight system in the police department related to incidents of excessive use of force, uh, misconduct, police brutality. So the city council has uh, formed a citizen's commission. Well, I shouldn't say citizen because um, you didn't have to be a citizen to, to be on a, a resident. We didn't care about your immigration status is what I'm saying. Um, so it's a, it's a volunteer community um, a commission that is ex examining what our police department does now uh, to respond to uh, misconduct or allegations of misconduct, incidents of misconduct, and then to suggest a system by which we go forward when there's a complaint um, or an incident um, lodged at the, at, the, at the police department. So we're underway with that. Um, we appointed uh, 13 members and two alternates, uh, all uh, from the community, um, uh, all of them having a strong sense of social justice and, and the willingness to spend time to help the city make sure that our police uh, department and our law enforcement uh, function is humane, fair to everyone. And, uh, you know, it, it, the, the focus is on uh, African-American um, folks, but also our Latino uh, community. There's a lot of vulnerable populations that, that interact with the police department our unhoused uh, residents, uh, immigrants, um, uh, uh, victims and survivors of sexual assault, they all interact with our police department. And we want com a community focused policing uh, philosophy. And that's what we're working on right now. Right, and you mentioned this civilian initiative. To clarify, this is a more reactionary approach um, to how police officers conduct. What about any precautionary approaches, such as implicit bias training? Do you have any plans in support of that? Our police department does implicit bias training now. Right now, we have an interim police chief because our last police chief retired, and it was a woman, which was which is amazing. We were so proud to have a female police chief. And the, the chief, when she came on, Lori Luno, um, she immediately had the police officers undergo implicit bias training. And she really changed uh, the culture that was at our police department. Um, and um, the way we say it is that she brought 21st century law enforcement principles and philosophies to the department. Um, under her leadership, we had 18% of our police force was female. And that meant a lot to me. 
again, with the implicit bias training. And we have a community engagement uh, officer who interacts uh, on all these issues of, you know, police conduct and how we and how, how we get along with our with our um, uh, residents and all the people that need law enforcement. So even before uh, Lori Luno as chief, however, I should say that we've always had the philosophy that um, uh, no one would ever ask about your immigration status if you were a victim or a witness or a suspect. Um, we uh, have a philosophy of uh, protecting the rights of our undocumented uh, residents. So the city of Santa Barbara and its police department, um, you know, we can always use improvement and I'm glad for that uh, now, um, but we are really uh, careful about who we hire and how they're trained. And I think that's getting to your question about how do you prevent um, abuse or, or misconduct? And I am hoping that this uh, community formation commission, that's what they're called, the ones uh, putting forth the idea of the civilian oversight system. Um, I want them to, re to make recommendations about hiring and training as well. It, it, you absolutely need the right person. And if you have the right kind of person being your police officer, then you don't have to respond to um, or react as you say, to issues of misconduct. We are in the process right now of hiring a, a new police chief. And so the city administration is, is um, has a, a community engagement process. We want people to tell us what they want in their police chief. So now there's a whole new opportunity for the police department to be connected to the community. I want more officers to come from the city to be born and raised here uh, to speak Spanish and, and to be connected to the people that they serve. Great. Well, I can assure you the community is in favor of these progressive changes and we appreciate those efforts. Let's transition into a little bit about the re-election. Why do you deserve to be re-elected and what change and or stability can you bring to Santa Barbara County that your competitors cannot? Well, I'm, I'm running to continue serving our city and looking out for the well-being of our residents and the health of our economy and of our natural environment. I already have the endorsement of the Sierra Club. That's a prize endorsement because that's an organization that really uh, 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 dissects the, the kind of policy making that a person has done uh, over the years. Um, my second term would build on the work that I've done for the last 10 years. So I've served on the city council since 2012 and my uh, uh, opponents uh, cannot say that. Um, and I built on the relationships that I have with residents and with city staff and with regional leaders and with school leaders. Let's take schools, for instance. Right now, I'm working on a project with the school to create a youth uh, program for this summer, a summer youth program. It's, uh, it's focusing on kickball and um, uh, mentoring uh, because our teens are really... Um, suffering under pandemic. They're, they're finally able to go back to campuses, but they've been very uh, restless and detached uh, from society. And so we're, I'm, I'm working actively on that this moment. And 
other leadership assignments that I have, um, I chair the uh, SB Act Homelessness Collaborative, the South Coast Youth Safety Partnership, which is um, looking out for uh, at-risk youth and their families with a focus on gang prevention and gang intervention. I chair the city's uh, sustainability committee and the community choice uh, energy committee. So that's another reason why I have the Sierra Club endorsement, my uh, active response to climate disruption. So those are the things that I offer uh, uh, and uh, help me stand out from the other people who, who are running for mayor. Um, but my, my focus in the second term will be uh, to maintain strong city services for our families. I'm very proud of our library service, uh, our uh, parks and recreation um, opportunities. Um, again, we go back to housing. My focus will be on creating housing opportunities, especially in the downtown. And then again, carrying out these progressive policies uh, that in general strive toward um, social, environmental, and economic justice. So for let's go back to law enforcement. So taking care of my own backyard with our police department, that's a priority. But there's other parts of the criminal justice system that need reform. The district attorney's office, the sheriff's office. What happens when a black or brown defendant goes to court? How are the judges choosing sentencing or bail? Uh, and, and all of that has to be run through the filter of fairness and racial justice. So there's bigger movements than just what we're doing at the city of Santa Barbara. And as mayor, I will be part of all of that. So uh, I, and I hope I answered your question. I look forward to serving the residents of this city. They know how hardworking I am, that I do office hours in the community. I'll table at the library, I'll table on State Street uh, to meet people. Um, and I'm always accessible and looking forward to serving people and helping them live comfortably, safely with job and housing opportunities for their families. Great, well, thank you so much for that. And lastly, I wanted to end the conversation with a couple of fun and personal questions so KCSB viewers and Santa Barbara residents can get to know you and connect with you. First, you mentioned that you went to university at UCSB. Were you involved in anything that you would like to mention? And also, did you always know you wanted to go into city leadership? Well, in junior high school, I was a seventh grade senator. So, uh, but I don't think I really understood what it meant to be in municipal government service. I was a reporter before this, and I also worked at KCSB Radio uh, way back when. But as a drama major back in college, I think being in plays was hard work, but it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> people should know I'm a, I'm a big Dodgers fan, and um, when pandemic allows, I'll be going down to the games. And I think it's a very wholesome um, diversion <laughs> in a in a challenging lifestyle, and uh, I like to do yoga and hike. I'm a Pisces, if that means anything to people. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm a writer. I, I love writing, and uh, I do look forward to you know 
writing some poetry or some prose when I retire from politics. Um, but um, thanks, thanks for asking. I, I have pride that I that I went to UCSB, that I that I actually worked there, and and was of service, you know, to the UCSB community. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me, Mayor Murillo. I really enjoyed our conversation today. My pleasure. Thank you. That was the City of Santa Barbara Mayor Kathy Murillo recapping her first mayoral term, plans for re-election, and an update about the happenings of the City of Santa Barbara. For more information on Mayor Murillo and the Santa Barbara City Council, please visit www.santabarbaraca.gov. I'm Alexandra Goldberg with KCSB News.